0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, focusing on keeping ourselves growing in our knowledge of God's Word so we can continue to stay strong in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Help people in your life grow in their faith, be strong in their knowledge of God's Word and in their spiritual lives by sharing these short studies with them, getting them into God's Word by sharing these studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. Help somebody come closer to God and maybe help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them and for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day. We're going to get back into our new line of thought and study. We're talking about which way we walk through life. Which road do we take? As we noted, Jesus talked about there being only two roads to choose from. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, he said, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Now, that's the way of unrighteousness, of ungodliness, of unfaithfulness to God, the way of just living basically a lifestyle that is identified as being sinful. It doesn't mean you're, you know, a a bank robber. It doesn't mean you're a murderer necessarily, but but it, it means you're not living by God's teachings. You're living in sinfulness. And the wages of sin is death. And so there's the destruction that's talked about in that particular verse of Scripture by our Lord. It is the way that leads to destruction. That destruction being eternal condemnation in hell. The contrast to that is verse 14. He says, "Because narrow is the gate and difficult, or confined, or straight is the way, which leads to which leads to life, and there are few who find it." So you've got the one road that is broad and wide, no rules, do whatever you want, but ultimately the end is the garbage dump. Yeah, spiritually speaking, it is, it is eternal condemnation in hell because it is the way of unfaithfulness to God, ungodliness, unrighteousness. It's the way of sinfulness, a life that is basically conducted in sinfulness. The contrast to that is that straight and narrow road that is the pathway of truth. Truth is narrow. Now a lot of people don't like that that principle. They want to bend the truth, they want to reshape it, they want to shape it in their own image, but that yeah, you know, once you start changing the truth, it's not the truth anymore. Truth is narrow. It's always narrow. And the way of God's truth, living by the word of his of of, of of him that Jesus brought to earth, living by the scriptures, God's book, the word of God, that's the way that is going to keep you on the pathway of truth and going to lead you to eternal life in heaven with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Well, we were talking about walking. We were making a comparison uh, with what we're told today by way of trying to keep ourselves healthy, keep our bodies fit and and well. And so we talk about exercise. Well, we have that that mindset, that principle really focused upon in our culture right now in our nation. We talk about diet, how much and what kinds of food we should eat. We talk about lifestyle, what kinds of activities should we pursue? Stress, recreational pursuits and so on. Exercise, cardio, aerobics, running, weight training and so on. Lots of people join gyms today, they, they they'll go maybe three to five or maybe even six or seven times a week. They're in the gym, and they're working out, and their focus is to stay fit and stay healthy thereby. Well, those are good focuses. That's a good thought. We're told to take care of our, of our bodies because as Christians, if we're true Christians, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Now, we're also told that we need to make sure that we keep our focus in line with God's Word. A whole lot of people who are really focused on physical fitness, on physical health, are giving very little attention to their spiritual fitness and their spiritual health. And so the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8, reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Now, he's not saying don't pay attention to physical fitness. He's saying that profits a little. But the broader focus is on spiritual fitness and health and well-being Because he said that not only helps you and profits you in your physical life in this world, but it also leads you to eternal life in heaven. Wow, what a great blessing. What a great statement and instruction and encouragement. So if if, if we're true Christians, 1 Corinthians 6 verses 19 and 20 again, then our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you and who we have from God. And so we need, to, we need to glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which are God. So we need to take care of our physical bodies, our physical fitness, but we need to keep that in the perspective and in the broad parameter, if you would, of making sure that we're living spiritually fit, spiritually fit. In Acts 24 and verse 16, as we read, the King James Version Uh, translates it this way. Herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. That's talking about spiritual exercise. We read in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14, how, how the Hebrews writer was rebuking at least some of those Christians to whom he was writing this particular letter by telling them, you, you have not been paying proper attention to your physic, rather to your spiritual fitness and well-being. You're, you've been Christians long enough that you should be stronger in your faith. You should be more fit spiritually, but you haven't been paying enough attention to your spiritual development. And so you're, you're like a baby just born. You still need to be on the pablum. You need to be on the, the milk of the word rather than the meat of the word. Solid food belongs to those who are full age. The baby, we don't want the baby when he's born to stay on just milk and pablum. We want him to grow into being able to eat table food. Well, the, the Hebrews writer is saying, you need to be on table food spiritually now. But you're still in the milk of the word. You're still having to, to be taught just the very basics and fundamentals of Christianity. You need to grow up spiritually. In Hebrews chapter twelve, verses eleven and twelve, eleven through thirteen, um, he he talks about again. The Hebrews writer talks about how we need to develop. He says no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen the hands that hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Well, if you want to stop hurting physically, what did the doctor say again? Get out and walk. That's one of the easiest and one of the most consistent ways to stay healthy, to develop good cardiovascular system, to to develop a good pulmonary system, that's your lungs, to keep your joints lubricated, your muscles in tone, get out and walk. Keep the blood circulating, your heart pumping, and as your heart... As as you exercise more and more, your heart becomes more and more efficient in its productivity of sending that blood throughout your circulatory system. So walk. Now, again, exercise in different ways, that's great too. But he talks about here chastening. So what do parents do with children when they act up? They chasten them, don't they? They correct them. They discipline them. They instruct them. Sometimes they punish them. But also they chasten them or discipline them so that they will not act up, so that they will not do things that are counterproductive to being good, healthy human beings as they're growing up and taking their ultimate stage in adulthood. We need to pay attention to our physical strength, but even more, we need to pay attention to our spiritual strength and well-being and health. And so he says, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. He's talking here primarily from a spiritual perspective of discipline. But he's using physical illustrations that we can relate to by way of comparison. We don't want, if we've got a problem with our legs or our back? We don't want to have to deal with that, letting it be that way all of our life. We want to get better. So what can we do to get our legs better, our back better? Maybe we've got a, a neck that's, you know, bothering us. Well, can are there exercises that we can take part in that can strengthen the muscles that that take care of our neck and guide and guide our, our our head to move, you know, from one side to the other. By means of the muscles in our neck. See, all that's, we can relate to that physically. But he's really talking spiritually. Are you dragging spiritually? Are you weak spiritually? Are you not really as healthy spiritually as you need to be and as you want to be? Well, he says, give the proper focus then to the spiritual exercise. In 2nd Peter chapter 2 verses 14 and 15, Peter puts it this way. He says, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Now it's interesting in that particular Uh, In in the King James Version of that particular uh, text, when it says, having their heart trained in covetous practices, the King James Version translates that having their heart exercised in covetous practices. Why do some people live such a continual lifestyle of sin? And they have such a hard time giving that up and coming to God through Jesus Christ They have such a hard time getting into God's Word and studying and making the proper applications to their spiritual lives because they have exercised their lives in sinfulness so consistently and for such a long time that that is their way of life, and they have a hard time changing. What about a person who is obese, and they realize, I need to lose weight. I need to change the way I'm living my life, but they have a hard time because they've lived that life that has fed, fed that obese condition for so long that it's really difficult to discipline themselves to change their lifestyle so that they can become physically fit and, better health, and more healthy. Well, the same principle applies to our spiritual lives. Now, we're going to start talking about walking down heaven's road. We're going to look at a whole lot of applications of how we need to walk from a spiritual perspective, to be spiritually healthy, beginning next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to walk with you in such a way that we live by your teachings and help us to grow stronger spiritually so that we can be the followers of yours that you want us to be, and we can look forward ultimately to walk in those golden streets in heaven for all of eternity. Please, Father, we pray for your forgiveness. Please hear us in Jesus' name, amen.